Off the Record with Bill Best on KAKU 88.5 FM, Kahului, Maui, the voice of Maui. Aloha, everyone. This is Amora St. John, and I'm here today on behalf of the one and only Bill Best, who is taking a well-deserved day off. In fact, I heard that Bill hardly takes any days off from the show, so I feel quite honored that he chose me to do this today, as, as did Bobby. And um, it's a thrill to be here. I want to announce that uh, Maui Taiota is the sponsor of this program. I want to be sure to get that in. And that I'm sitting across from two um, wonderful environmentalists who are doing good things for Maui and for the planet. So one of them is Suzanne Fraser, and the other is Dean. Let me get this name right, Dean. Oops. Otsuki. Yes. Dean Otsuki. And you are co-founders of Beach. Yes. So Suzanne, tell us what Beach is. Aloha, and thank you for having me on the show. You're so and welcome. I wish um, uh, Bill and Bobby all the best. Yes. Yeah. yeah, sure. Oh, they'll be back Thursday, I'm sure. They're back. Oh, no, next week, Tuesday. Tuesday. They're on both uh, Tuesday and Thursday, so off the record. And the show does replay as well. Lovely. Um, so, Beach is an all volunteer nonprofit, and we bring awareness and solutions to plastic marine debris. And we founded this organization in 2006 because there was a need to have a nonprofit that really drew attention to this major environmental problem. So what we decided to do, we, we did a lot of cleanups and then we realized that that's not doing enough. So we go beyond the cleanup to um, research the problem and find out the sources and where this is coming from. So. We've got marine debris research and removal. We do environmental education in schools in the community, and we do litter prevention and plastic reduction. Wow, so, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you do it here on Maui, or are you all over yes, Hawaii? Um, yes, we do all kinds of things all, you know, across the islands. Um, we've helped pass a number of bills in Maui County. Um, including the smoking ban at all county parks. Yes, we initiated the state park smoking ban as Uh well um, that affects some of the parks here. And we helped pass the plastic bag ban on Maui back in 2008, I think it was. It was the first plastic bag ban in Hawaii, yes. Um, And also the polystyrene foam ban. So... Maui County is doing really well, and there's even a new bill tomorrow, uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. that's being heard yes. that will get rid of plastic utensils and straws and to so on. To eliminate the use and, and the sale so. of plastics. Is that right, That's Dean? right. Yeah. Yeah. What's your part of this, Dean? How, how are you involved? Um, Did you start picking up plastics off the beach when you were a kid or something? Oh, no, no. No, that's not it how was, you uh, No, we started um, back in 05, 06, you mm-hmm. know, and um, we were taking walks on uh, Waimanalo Beach, uh-huh. and we came across all this plastic, and and uh, our walks started to become cleanups, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of you know just doing walks. Um, so that, and then we decide, okay, well, this is a huge problem, you know, a lot of people need to know about this, and the more we research this problem, the more we found out, gosh, this is incredible, you mm-hmm. know, how how widespread this is. Yeah. Um, and people need to know about this and the chemicals from plastics. And so it just snowballed into all types of different directions. Yeah. I'm so glad you both have found your kuleana, as we say here in Hawaii. Your, mm-hmm. your, your, I, I like to call it your divine responsibility. You, you've hit upon it. And thank you for the good work you've been doing. Yeah, I think it's everyone's responsibility. I don't think it's anyone in particular's mm-hmm. responsibility. But um, somebody has to carry the flag. Yeah, well, pioneer the way, I guess, which is what we've had to do. Um, 
not quite what we wanted to do, yeah. you know, because I was actually doing dance education. That's what really? my passion is. Uh-huh. Dean wanted to do surf photography and art and things like that. But when you come across a major environmental problem that's going on, you can't turn your back and just go, oh, it's someone else's job, it's someone else's responsibility. You feel like it's everyone's responsibility to do something and we knew we could do something, so we started bringing a garbage bag and picking it up and mm-hmm. spending three hours a day at the beach. Wow. And that wasn't doing enough. And so we sat down and thought, well, maybe we should go find some other organizations to to do this. And no one was doing it, and it was hard to get anyone to do it. So we started organizing cleanups for other organizations, and then they didn't want to do it either. So <laughs> then we, we were like, well, we're going to have to start a nonprofit, you know, but it wasn't out of um, feeling like this was our passion yeah. or anything like that. It was a matter of if your house is burning down, you go get a hose, right? Yeah. Or if the, the levee is breaking, you go get sandbags. Like that's how I explain this to a lot of volunteers because sometimes people come with different agendas mm-hmm. and we have to teach them what volunteering's about. Because volunteering is about giving and not receiving and Mm. doing your best to make a difference um, when there's a need. And this is an enormous need and we need everyone to do something. And that's what my talk tonight is about, is not just talking about the problem, but we're actually bringing action items so that right there at the event, people can be signing petitions and letters and things. To make change possible. Yeah. Well, in fact, let's mention now, and we'll mention it again at the end of the show, that you are speaking tonight at the Cameron Center at 7 o'clock. It's a free event. I love the Cameron Center. They do so much good work. And uh, will you be there, Dean? Yes. Okay, great. I I also like the topic that you're going to be talking about, at least on your flyer, because it kind of caught my attention, which is um, how to, here it is, how to get rid of the plastic in your diet. (laughs) And, you know, I, I never even knew there was plastic in my diet. So say something about that. Well, the um, I didn't actually come up with the title. Okay. So it caught my attention. Yes, <laughs> yeah. actually, it was Joy Waters from Maui who um, came up with the title. She invited me to be part of the inspirational speaker series uh-huh. at VegFest on Oahu last year, and um, and it was a catchy title. But it that is not the only thing my talk is about. It's not just ab- about finding pieces of plastic in your food, um, but it's also about new information that I discovered last year. I've been doing this work for nearly 15 years and and teaching people about chemicals and plastic and all this sort of thing. And then lo and behold, all this new information just came to the forefront about mid last year about the packaging and how it's processed uh-huh. in the manufacturing yeah. um, facilities. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm eating this and I'm drinking yeah. that. And and it's changed our whole perspective. Yes. And so we're sharing that very important information with everyone tonight who comes. And I hope lots of people come because um, it'll blow your mind. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a f- familiar with that idea of the plastics uh, what do they call it? Leaking. Leaking chemicals into your mm. water when you leave them, especially in a hot climate like, like Maui. Mm. Yeah. And you leave them in your car and you've got the bottle of water. And yeah. you, when you drink it again, it's not that safe, right? Well, it's not even safe the first time you drink yeah. it. For sure. Because um, most of the water is shipped in. So on the boat, it's not in air conditioning, so it's getting hot. Mm. Then it's on the dock in the heat. 
out on the truck in the heat, outside the store in the heat, Yikes. and then finally it's in the store, and then you're thinking, oh, my bottle of water's cold, it's fine. As long as I don't leave it in the sun, it'll be fine. But it's been heated up multiple times Whoa. before you even got it. So what do you drink? I drink... For water. I mean, well, where do you get your source? Filtered water's good, you know, so if you've got reverse osmosis. Mm. Glass for drinks is good. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to be drinking out of a plastic water bottle because it leaches that chemical antimony. And and we knew we've been teaching about that, mm -hmm. those sort of things, about the chemicals in plastic like styrene and styrofoam and antimony and in those clear plastic yeah. bottles. This stuff I'm going to present tonight goes even beyond that. There's new, even more new information about this good, stuff. Good, good. You know, my belief is there's so much good environmental work going on but let's provide some alternatives you know it's mm -hmm. oh, I, there's so much fear going on right now in the in, on the planet concerning this virus mm -hmm. that um we need solutions rather than just um oh my god look what's happening and that's what my talk's about so Good. i'm presenting the new information and then there's a whole section on solutions and we've got handouts on solutions and we've got Good. as i said petitions and letters to sign to get companies to change their packaging to safe packaging yeah so uh, that's true the corporate uh, folks have something to say about this don't they dean oh yeah yeah how do you reach them uh, well, that's that's what these petitions are going to be about. We're going to be sending them off to these corporations to. And what do the petitions say essentially? Um, to change the packaging uh -huh. to, you into know, something safer. Yes, exactly. So, what's the good alternative to plastic? Um, glass, um, stainless steel, stainless porcelain. Steel. Yes. Yeah. When I it comes the, to the food and drink, the straws. Definitely. I love the stainless steel straws and yeah, th that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think you'll have, well, obviously, if you say you're not going to buy their product anymore, that'll get them to pay attention, right? That's right. And that's what our letter says. Yeah. We now know about blah, what I'm going to teach you tonight. And then it says, we're not going to buy this anymore. And would you please change the glass? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And what would that, would that be? Uh, uh, down the time track, I'm sure it'd be cost effective, but it, it's probably asking them to put some money out for a whole oh, brand definitely. new I'm sure it would. tooling system or something. Yes. But you know what? Glass is recyclable. You know, yeah. it could be one glass bottle could be turned into another glass bottle. Or even point. sterilized. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because this whole plastic thing started within my lifetime. We didn't have all this plastic stuff when I was a child. It started around it's when true. I was a teen, early teens. Right. And what happened before that was we put the glass milk bottles outside in the crate, in the metal mm -hmm. crate, and... The milkman came along and took the empties and put the filled ones in its place. Yeah. And then they went and sterilized the bottles and refilled them with milk. Right. Same thing happened with all the different um, carbonated sodas and so on. Mm -hmm. They would take back all the bottles. They wouldn't get broken, crushed, and recycled. They'd get sterilized and reused. Wow. Those were the good old days, weren't they? Yeah, and, and I think we so need to simpler. head back to those old days, yeah, actually, okay. because... We actually lived um, in a more aware world where you didn't waste things. There was no such words as single-use plastic. Mm -hmm. That drives me nuts every time I hear people calling a utensil or a cup or something single-use. Yeah. None of that's single-use because you can wash it and you can reuse it. And that's what we did in those good old days was yeah. if we didn't have enough metal forks and spoons and plates and so on, and you had to buy, bring in the um, plastic, mm -hmm. 
no one threw it out. You would bring it to the kitchen at the end They'd of the party, the end, yeah. wash it, yeah. put it away, bring it out the next time for two major reasons. One was you don't waste money and throw away all that product. That's a big reason. Right. Second reason is because you're making a lot of waste and people weren't into making a ton mm -hmm. of rubbish and throwing a lot of things away because you would repair things mm -hmm. that broke you know, like TVs and all of those different things. Yeah. Everything would get repaired or you'd sew up the holes in your clothes. Exactly. And it's things. a throwaway society. It's now really it is. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. And I think it's the industry has had a good deal to do with that because when I started researching these words, single-use plastic, I thought to myself, that really sounds like an industry slogan. And sure enough, within about five minutes... I found the Plastics Industry Association's website and, it's, and it was blasting out single-use plastic and, and how much better it is than reusables. And then it had these plastic forks there. Yeah. It's one of the slides I'm going to show tonight because it shows people where these words have come from. And then, unfortunately, people have adopted them and started using them. And in 2013, I think it was, that's when people were really starting to use those words, single-use plastic. Well, and then, of course, you'd buy more when you run right. out. Well, I mean, that's, that's the whole, whole idea, game of the game, right? right? Exactly, yeah. because what they wanted to do, I think, with those words was get people to think in a wasteful mindset by, using, by saying those words, thinking those words, and then they'll behave in that wasteful mindset. It's so true. I, you know, I love that like, down to earth right next door to Akaku Media Center mm -hmm. where we are today has no plastic. It's all you know, wooden spoons, wooden forks, right. which are kind of fun to use. You have to get used to it. Um, but you could toss those out and they'll be recycled. So yeah. it's, it's a, a way different way to look at utensils. Yeah, well, at least they can break down. You right. know, they can compost, they can and, compost and, them and break down the, yeah. the wood. But with plastic, forget the timelines. You know, there's mm -hmm. those, those timelines out there that mislead people into thinking that something's going to break down in 200 years or 500 years or whatever. Yeah. Those aren't true. They've been discredited. Mm. The real timeline for plastic <laughs> is it lasts forever. All it does is degrade, so it fragments into smaller pieces, but it never goes Which away. Which is why we have those huge landfills, is that right? Just yeah. enormous landfills. Yeah. On, and and on. what is it, the plastic is, uh, the size of Texas in our oceans? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that still true these days? Yeah, Dean? well, actually, you know, you know, the, uh, scientists have done uh, manta trawls or pick, trying to pick up plastic all over the uh, Pacific Ocean, and they found every single trawl they've picked up plastic hmm. so hmm. you know the whole pretty much the whole garbage patch is like the western and the eastern garbage patch they've all melded together and now it's like the whole north pacific and wow in fact all the oceans are, are filled up with plastic probably yeah so actually the real size of the garbage patch is twice the size of the yeah. u.s in total area Whoa. it's the largest one on the planet wow. and it's not a landfill or an iceberg of trash that's going to hit our shorelines one day it's actually a soupy mix of mainly fragmented tiny pieces of plastic that are coming up on our shorelines every single and day. And killing the fish, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Fish eat plastic. Uh, and then That's, we eat the fish. Well, I don't. <laughs> and Dean doesn't. Um, I'll be talking about that tonight as well. This talk is sponsored by the Vegetarian Society of Hawaii. And they asked me to do this talk because... <coughs> They um, they wa they wanted to know more about the whole plastic ingestion by marine life and fish because 
there are a number of people who are vegetarian but still eat fish mm. or seafood, right. and it's not safe to eat that. No so. matter the fish, there's a certain kind of fish that's safer. There's they're no all, fish that's they're safe. They're all contaminated. None of them are safe. Yeah. Wow. The reason none are safe is because the base of the food chain, which is plankton, mm. is eating plastic. Mm. When I found that out, oh gosh, a dozen years ago or so, I had to keep asking that person a couple more times, are you sure <laughs> plankton's eating plastic? Like it was horrifying to hear because then you know there's nothing safe above that. Wow. You know? What's to be done? I mean, you kind of like, it's, there it is. is there, in fact, there is something to be done. I remember reading something about getting into the oceans to break up the plastic to somehow remove it. Or am I imagining that? Breaking them up is the last thing that we'd want to do, really, <laughs> or because... lifting them up or oh, something. Oh, you might have heard about some boom in the ocean or something, yeah. but... Um, so there's nothing to be done. What we need to do is stop putting it in there in yeah, the first place. The source, so people the need to cut out, you know, a lot of things to stop the plastic pollution mm -hmm. problem. One is stop eating the seafood and the fish because the biggest industry contributing to the marine debris problem is the fishing industry and the aquaculture industry. And how we know that is that we've researched about 400,000 pieces of debris so far and we're, we've got more to do. But from adding it all up and counting it and sorting it, we've, we've found that that's where the majority of the marine debris has been coming from is the fishing and aquaculture industry. Mm -hmm. So if you eat fish and you eat seafood, you're promoting and supporting and voting mm -hmm. for, with your dollars, mm -hmm. an industry that's causing the most harm. Yeah, well, that would motivate someone to let it go. It's just like becoming a vegan. I'm looking at becoming a true vegan, and mm -hmm. um, you just can't stand what they're doing to the animals. Exactly. So it's the same mm -hmm. idea. You've got to find your motivation somewhere. Yeah, and look, when it comes to chemicals... I think this is a really big motivator, and I'll be talking about this tonight, but I'll share a little bit of it now, Okay, is that the plastic, we were talking earlier about how plastic water bottles have chemicals and styrofoam has chemicals. Every plastic thing has chemicals when it's made, but when it gets into the ocean, there's additional chemicals, and these are called persistent organic pollutants, or POPs for short. And these are very dangerous things like DDT and DDE that were banned pesticides mm -hmm. that still exist in the ocean. Mm -hmm. There's dioxins, one of the most dangerous substances known to science. These chemicals attach onto that plastic in the ocean up to a million times more concentrated on the surface of the plastic than in the surrounding seawater. Mm. So plastic marine debris acts like a sponge yeah. and just soaks up all these really bad chemicals. So when you're eating fish or seafood that has um, eaten plastic or it's eaten an animal lower down the food chain that ate plastic. Yikes. The yeah. chemicals are bioaccumulating up through the food chain and increasing as it goes up. So you're getting not just manufacturing chemicals, you're getting the persistent organic pollutant chemicals, mm -hmm. so you're getting a whole jing bag mix of them. And these chemicals are super bad for our bodies. In even low doses, they cause what's called endocrine disruption. And that means they muck around with your hormonal, hormonal balance, balance and act like synthetic forms. Of I it. mean, that's how to get people to quit. It is. Fish, is tell them exactly what could happen to their bodies. Yes. Oh, yeah. Diseases, cancer, yeah. 
autoimmune really? diseases, diabetes, a whole host of different mm. diseases are either turned on, triggered, or caused by these um, toxic chemicals. So big time fish eaters thinking they're doing something good by not eating, you know, animals, mammals. It's are very not unhealthy. Doing such a good thing no, for their bodies. And not, minds, no. not now. I mean, not now because we've got such an enormously polluted planet and a polluted ocean and you know throw in one more thing radiation which dean can talk about yeah um i mean fukushima is still you know spewing out radiation in the ocean yeah that's right i mean a couple days ago it was the what happened in march 11th 2011 right yeah so it was that ninth anniversary and how do they measure that the radiation Mm -hmm. uh they measure by um uh let's see Counts per CP, counts per second. So there's some uh, way they can test it. Oh yeah, and see what's happening. Yes, but they would have to. Um, uh, they would have to dry out the fish um, or the animal um, because water shields the radiation. Oh, is that right? Yes. Interesting. So there's a whole process. Oh yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. very difficult to tell unless it's highly radioactive, you know, and it's wet. <laughs> then it's really, really bad. Yeah. So you can probably see a, sp- uh, a hike in disease um, ever since plastics began to take over our culture. I believe there has been, and I'm going to show a few slides that show um, different effects Mm -hmm. of plastic, but I think one of the most notable is that the cancer rates have increased. I mean, we all know at least one, two, three or more people who either have cancer, died from cancer, or you might be the one with the cancer, and same with autoimmune diseases. They're being triggered left and right, you know, um, particularly women over 40 are most affected by autoimmune diseases. You know what? This is interesting, Um, Suzanne. I I hosted a show years ago in Marin County, California, in the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. called Women of Courage. And it was uh, talking to women who had breast cancer. And the reason we did this show is because the women in uh, Marin, this particular county, which is kind of an upper echelon county, had the highest uh, incidence of breast cancer. Oh, what was that? It was shocking. Um, Marin County. Marin County oh, uh, I know why. Right near San Francisco. Just, I know why was it, Why were they the highest? Well, you know what? That's the thing. A lot of people thought it was because women were more educated, so they got more testing and they discovered the oh. breast cancer. Or they ate more fish. Mm. That was the one reason. And my friend uh, Andrea, who has died of breast cancer, started the Breast Cancer Fund where they started mm. to look to see what is really happening to women here and what we need to do to stop this spread of breast cancer. Yeah. You know, and she, and she said it's the fish in the area because it's, it's mm. on the bay and there's a lot oh. of fish. There's a lot of fish restaurants and people mm. eat fish. Mm. So that could well be accounting for some of those It could too, yeah. Diagnoses. It could too, yes, definitely. And, and plastic also is, is causing this problem. Like, you know, when I was a kid and you got takeout food, it didn't come in styrofoam and plastic and all of that sort of thing. But then when I was a teenager, that's when it all started. And I noticed how it tasted different and didn't Did taste you? right. Oh, wow. yes. Um, and so when we were trying to get Bill 40 passed last year on Oahu, and we'd tried for 13 years to pass a styrofoam ban, either mm. statewide or at least County. in um, Honolulu County, because yeah. Maui had done it, Hawaii County had done it. And we've been trying, trying, trying to get it done on Oahu. And in my final testimony, I had to say to the council members, you know, it's too late now 
for all the people in the past. Who have suffered and died. Who have suffered, who've got autoimmune diseases now or have got cancer or, like you said, have died. But if you take action now, you Mm -hmm. can save the future. You can save the young people now from an early death or illness. And I was just reading something just today (laughs) that said that the young people today are going to have a shorter lifespan than their parents for the first time ever. Wow, yeah, there's, I mean, that's quite a statistic. It is. Where did you it? read that? Um, National Institute for mm-hmm. Health, I think it was. So a reputable. Yes, it yikes. was. It's yeah, outrageous. Well, it seems to me that the kids here on, on uh, this island and everywhere should be the ones to rally around this, um, because they can get out to the beaches, right, Dean, and they can clean it up. I mean, they do that here. Mm-hmm. You see uh, stories all the time in the papers of the kids taking action. Yeah, it's awesome. How do you do rally that. them? Um, I think, I mean, with this push um, toward environmentalism, I, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's cleanups going on all the time. There are, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, Good. I'm on Oahu. I mean, and I think all my education is education. Yeah, exactly. The biggest That's what I mean. Thing. In fact, Social you're, you're going to what you to a school today, yes, right? Yes, I am. I'm going to be talking to about 70 grade eights this Se- afternoon. 78th graders? Yes. Oh, great. That's exactly where you have to reach them. Yes. Young enough to do something, to care enough. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. It's about caring. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all care, you know, and I think um, when kids are about, you know, up to about the age of 8, 10, 12 years old, they really care. And then something happens, you yeah. know. So um, we need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I got a call. I get calls all the time from kids doing um, papers and interviews sure. and things like that. And this child had these questions for me. And one of the first questions she was asking was, um, when did you become aware of plastic pollution and do something about it or whatever? Uh-huh. And I said, uh, when I was about 10, and she was really surprised mm. because I guess she didn't think that people were doing anything about it then. But we were very aware as children, actually. Our school, I think this would be a great thing for all schools. Where did, where was did you go to school, the, uh, Suzanne? In Australia. Australia, okay. Yeah, and at the end of every term... Before we got an ice block and had a little party or whatever, mm-hmm. we had to do what was called an emu walk. Emu walk. Mm-hmm. Yes. And everyone had to go outside and bend over multiple times and pick up litter off the ground. Great. Or garbage, we call it over uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. The whole school had to go out all at the same time and clean the whole place up. And then you got rewarded with your your end of term party yes. or whatever. Well, that was a great practice. It was very good. And then we learned about, you know, plastic bags came in when I was about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my mother to stop on the side of the road because it was raining heavily. Mm-hmm. There was all this water going down the, through the gutters yeah. and um, the roads were flooding and things like that. And it was pouring rain. And I said, mom, mom, quick, stop. <laughs> you know, there's a plastic <laughs> bag. And I jumped out and grabbed it. And I said, it's going to harm a sea turtle. Mm, I was aware of that yeah. back then. Yeah. Because you, know? you got it early. Well, I'm so happy you're speaking to these eighth graders today. And, um, and that they include maybe in the curriculum in schools, this whole thing on, on safety, environmental safety. Oh, it's absolutely necessary. Don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, even more important than algebra on some level. I was discussing that with Dean the other day. We were saying that, you know, the whole schooling needs to be relevant to life. Yeah. Because we need these life skills and we need this life knowledge Mm -hmm. 
in order to survive. So we were talking about survival school. <laughs> survival school. Yeah. And they a, come to that, the way yeah. things are going. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, also it helps kids find purpose because I think that that's why the suicide rate is so high mm-hmm. is that they have lost um, the, their, the meaning in life. When I've, mm-hmm. Whenever I've been really depressed, it's, I feel like I had lost the meaning. Why am I here? What's the point? Yeah. And giving them a point, giving them a reason mm. to keep going, mm-hmm. even if it's just saving the planet. I mean, well, not just saving the planet, but that's their goal. Mm. Um, that could. Yeah. Re- you know what? I'm going to go right there with you today. I've never said this live online or anything like that. In fact, I've never told anyone except Dean knows this. But what happened, how we started this organization and how we got going on the beaches and things like that was that. I just lost everything, you know. I was just really sad and depressed. Mm, I was trying to finish my degree up at the University of Hawaii. I'd waited 10 years to come here and Mm. it had been big sacrifices and money and all that sort of a thing. And I got to my final couple of weeks and and just things just went slid spun out of control spun out of control yeah. i mean it was just unbelievable stuff happened and i went to this life guide and she said you need to get back to nature mm-hmm. you need to go sit at the beach and meditate and mm-hmm. all this sort of a thing mm-hmm. so i did i went to the beach and sat cross-legged and imagined golden light coming through my body and there you go and all this and at sunset she told me to do it and i was sick actually and then i started feeling better like my cold went away uh-huh. and i started feeling stronger and healthier and so i said to dean well maybe we should do this every day and maybe we should take walks on the beach because i heard that if you walk half hour one way and half an hour the other way in other words an hour of walking you can um keep your weight at, at its normal weight. Right. And also getting sunshine. They say 20 minutes of direct sun mm. is critical to your health. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I did that. I went for these daily walks, but we couldn't find a beach that was clean because you just <laughs> walk for 20 minutes at Waimanolo and bump into trash. Uh-huh. I mean, it's horrifying. So we instead of the walking, we were doing cleanups and we'll bring bags and I was looking at the ocean thinking, gosh, you know, the ocean needs more help than I do. Mm. And that's and how you, I that's ended how up. That's how the depression started to, started to lift. It did start to lift because, <laughs> like you said, you put your focus somewhere else on saving the planet. Exactly. And so ever since that time, that's what I've been doing. Oh, great, Suzanne. Is just pouring my heart into you. doing what I can. Yeah. You know, I feel you don't have to do this, but my suggestion today at the school, at, at, at what school is it? Kamehameha. Kamehameha, is to tell your story. Mm. Tell your story to the kids because mm. they're going to, you know, certainly many of them are going to have been in the same place yeah. this day and age. Well, I think everyone, when I reflect on this, you know, even famous people like Princess Diana and people like that have gone through times of, you know, maybe they might have tried to suicide. Mm. I've never tried to take my life, but I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think everybody gets there at of some course. point in their yes. life. The human think, condition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you take the focus off yourself and put the focus on something else that really, really needs you. And mm-hmm. sometimes I've thought to myself, it's just as well that I'm still here because I can do a lot of good. And I look at my two hands and I think 
it's always such a waste when someone takes their life because they've still got two hands that they yes. could do something with, two eyes, two ears. There's some people who are born, you know, who are blind or who are deaf or who are disabled. And I think that we just need to look at what are the gifts that we have mm -hmm. and how can we best make the most use of our life in the limited time that we have here. Yes, that's beautiful. You know, I, I host another show here on KAKU, 88.5 FM, <laughs> called Gutsy Women. And um, this is my second year. And the first year I decided, let's do the Gutsy Woman of the Year Award. Which So I had a big garden party here on Maui. And um, my friend Sarah Foley, who I met here, right here at the station, um, is in a, in a wheelchair. And mm. she fell off a motorcycle seven years ago and has been paralyzed from the waist down. Mm. And she has taken that crisis and turned it into this huge opportunity to help other people in wheelchairs. Mm. So she has this huge social media outreach helping uh, people learn how to put makeup on and how to build, you know, release the depression and do something worthwhile with their lives. And she's gone over all around the country uh, making appearances. She, she, she left the station and she, <laughs> I walked out with her and she took her wheelchair and she closed it up all by herself, stuck it in the back seat of the car, little convertible, and hopped in. I mean, it, wow. it was a total inspiration. And that's what we need more of. Yes, and I think that story shows, showcases how someone went beyond themselves exactly. to helping others. Yeah, otherwise and, she would have done right down the tubes, like yeah. so many people are when they have a, when they have a huge problem. Yeah, well, well, mine was was giant, you know. Yeah. And, and but look it, at the really, giant work you're doing, though. Yeah, too. I mean, it, exactly, exactly. And that's why you know you needed that that downward spike or fall to spike up. You yeah. Know, they say the bigger the breakdown, the greater the breakthrough. Well, I, I've I've had to reflect quite a bit, you know, on that major change in my life because I didn't know if I could live without dance because mm. I've done it since I was That's five years old. And, wow. Yeah. And, and you then could dance I, on the beach. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then I thought to myself, um, you know, this, this disaster, it's just so big. It's so urgent. You know, if I kept on that career path and, mm -hmm. and went back to Australia and just became a teacher in a mm -hmm. university or something, um, I would have never come across this. We would have never pioneered this work. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have never inspired all these different organizations to start That's and right. all these people to take action and all these bills to get passed. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it's for a purpose and it was needed. Um, and it's important. So that's why we've given the time that we have. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think more people would do that if there was a way they could earn a living from, from really following their heart and, and doing what they know they were meant here to mm. do. Yeah. So how are you funded? Well, we don't get paid, um, but the organization, we're funded through donations and membership, and, and we welcome people to mm -hmm. help us in that way. Um, we have sponsors. Um, but really... Luckily, now that we've pioneered the way, there are starting to be more funds available to employ people. So we're seeing nonprofits start and they've got paid staff. Good. You know, so we might need to transition yeah. to paid staff in order to keep 
keep going, going and right. keep evolving. Yeah. So, Dean, um, are, are you are you partners now with, with uh, in life? Are you life partners? Yeah, yeah, we that? are. I, I kind of thought you might be. Yeah. yeah. So, how are you paying the bills? You have your own little. He got a job recently. Oh, you did. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to get the job. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Especially in Hawaii, you know. Especially in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, but that frees you up to do this more full time. Yeah, for now, um, we're we're still, um, like I said, I'm not sure how much longer we can do it this way. Mm. Like we might have to pay me as executive director or something like that because we've done this for 15 years. 15 years? Used up all our finances. Oh, my goodness. So we're kind of rock bottom now. Mm -hmm. and You need to get yourself on the payroll, honey. We do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Get that business plan out. um, But this is something that's, that's fundable. It is. This is it something is. people will yeah. give their money to. Yes, it is now because of the awareness. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think now's the time. Do yeah. you have a big social media outreach? Because so many millennials, that's all they use is social media. Yeah, we, we've we got We're starting those. to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we just need more help. If anyone's uh-huh. listening out there, we need some more help on on those sort of things. So. Well, say that today. At, yeah, please join us at, at the and school. volunteer. And, yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So yeah. do you have a long-term goal? For yourself, Dean? Um, yeah, we want to finish up. We have a really big project um, that we're doing with um, marine debris research. Oh, really? Yes. So what's that about? Uh, we're trying to identify the, the sources of the uh, marine debris. Say it again, marine Identifying the sources oh. of marine debris, the ones that we've collected marine over the years. Marine debris? Marine debris. Marine debris. Debris, got it. Yes. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The sources of marine yeah. debris. That's a, that's a laudable project yes it's, yeah. it's a huge project well, it's important because otherwise people just keep doing it right mm-hmm. so we're looking at basically a crime scene and the evidence right and, and you've got to stop it at the source exactly so that's what we're up to but we just um finished kind of finished a massive project last yeah. week where we shipped off about 1.2 million plastic caps and lids to the mainland in a 40-foot Matson container. We originally had really? 20 feet at the beginning of last week, and we ended up with a 40 feet by the end of the week. Um, and it left last Friday, so we're really excited. Um, we, we got all these sponsors to help us. Um, what are they going to do with it on the mainland? It's going to be turned into oil. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to be converted, which means we're going to get rid of that plastic for good. For good. It will mm-hmm. never ever harm an, a seabird or an animal. Um, wow. And then the fuel will be used for um, locomotives and shipping. Beautiful. Yeah. So you so, raised the money to ship the plastic well, to... Well, they wanted to charge us um, over $2,500 just wow. to um, do the ground transportation because Matson was helping us with the uh, shipping, uh-huh. free shipping from Honolulu to the mainland. Um, but I started calling around sponsors. So Union Pacific is doing the rail for free. No kidding. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And Loop, um, a trucking company, will be driving it from Dallas to Tyler in Texas. Uh-huh. And um, Pacific Transfer helped us with all the... The gu- local tra- trucking. Local trucking coming and picking up all the loads of plastic. And, and, how, and did you get, how did you gather it all together? Oh, we worked with over 30 different schools, businesses, clubs, organizations who collected the plastic, cleaned it, sorted it. We went in and educated them and gave them presentations Mm. on the problem of albatrosses and how they're harmed through that. We went to 
um, recycling events like Aloha Aina and Going Green, where we set up a booth and you know on a and Saturday morning and people drive in and drop it off and the kids sort it and so and on. And the kids sort it. That is mm-hmm. a so, great use of, of the kids. Yeah, great so it's, it's been a that massive project. That is yeah. huge. And then, and then they all brought it to one particular location. Is that what you did? We did. We yeah. did. We loaded up the van lots wow. of times and brought it um, to Kaneohe and then it, it got checked. I actually mm-hmm. checked all the plastic myself. You did? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then you'd find something that sh- was yucky or shouldn't well, go in there. Well, metal and, or, and yeah, dirty and we had to wash it yeah. or pull the stickers and seals off. People need to get better at recycling. Well, let's say something about that because it's true. I, I just tossed the plastic bottle in the, you know, the, the place that goes out to the recycling bin and call it good. And, but no caps, right? No caps. Exactly. No caps, no soft plastic, so you don't want to put bags or, or bubble, bubble wrap. wrap or anything like that. Don't put dirty stuff out there because, you know, it may not even get recycled. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, I remember at least there used to be, a, you look on the bottle and you see if it's recyclable. Oh, so that little number on the bottom with the triangle is uh-huh. a little misleading because it makes it look like if it's got a triangle, it's good, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> you can only put the numbers in the recycle bin that actually can be recycled. So you've got that's where the sorting comes in. Mm. So you can only put, I believe, on Maui, it's one and two. And where do you find that on the bottle? On the very- so, uh, well, they usually well- put it very inconspicuously on the very bottom in tiny little writing, and that's on purpose. There's a Society for Plastics Industry website, oh. and, it di- and it dictates that, that manufacturers have to put it in the most inconspicuous place. And Why? Make because they don't want consumers choosing whether they're going to buy this or buy that according to the number on the bottle. Oh, God forbid. You, you make <laughs> a sound choice. Yeah, so they're taking choice away from the consumers. Exactly. Based on environmentally friendliness. They don't want you to be making those decisions. Isn't that shocking? It's shocking. Yeah. So look at your bottle, and if it's got the triangle on it, toss it in the garbage, right? No, if it's got a triangle with a one or or a two. two... then you can put it in recycling. Oh, so you need to look for the number then. Exactly. You must look for the number. Oh, okay. Yes. Gosh, you need I never to do clean that. it and look for the number. And then when it comes to cardboard boxes and so on, mm-hmm. you need to rip off all the tape mm-hmm. and fold it up. You need to pull off all the caps, empty liquids out. I mean, there's, there's quite a bit to do in recycling, but um, too many people don't do those few little things, which ends up adding to an enormous amount of work for somebody. Recyclers. Or they just toss it all. Or they just toss it all. Sometimes I do that myself, I have to say, just in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Let's just toss it all. Yeah. And what difference will that make? That's what we all think. But if everybody did it, what you're saying, it would make a huge difference. Yeah, if everyone spent that one or two little seconds to just... For the cap project, if they'd all just clean the caps, pulled the stickers and labels Mm -hmm. off, made sure there's no metal... Wow, I wouldn't have had to have done the mm-hmm. hours, excessive hours and days and of weeks of work that I've done. Wow, we were so working 14-hour days last oh week to try to get this ready on time. Mm-hmm. Wow, good for you. Yeah. You're going to make me now look at all my bottles. I'm going to do, do it in your name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to make sure they go to the right place. I'm sure the recyclers would be glad. <laughs> well, let's say we have about mm, a little over 10 minutes left. Let's talk a little about your action alert tomorrow morning, Friday yes. morning, which uh, is Friday tomorrow at 9 a.m. 
at the council chambers, I think it's at this, probably the state building right there on, Hill, uh, is it Hill Street? Uh, 200 South High Street. High Street, Wild High Lincoln. Street. 200 South High Street, and the eighth floor, and people can come and testify yeah. about uh, the, the bill that, that it needs to be passed that prohibits the use and sale of plastic disposable foodware. Yes, and I wonder just say that there's three remote testimony sites as well. Okay. So they can go to Hana Community Center, um, Lanai Community Center, and Molokai um, District <coughs> Office, and they can actually give testimony from those three remote sites as no, well. So give me an example of a, of a testimony. What will people, what, will, what are you looking for? I think you need to tell the council that we need this bill and please pass it and because plastics have made me sick or i just think it's a terrible thing we're doing to the what they say global climate change is, is impacted yeah it's wasteful it's unnecessary uh -huh. we've got plenty of great alternatives mm -hmm. instead of plastic straws there's paper straws yeah. there's bamboo ones glass ones mm -hmm. metal ones and so on with the um utensils like you were mentioning mm -hmm. down to earth already has birchware you can bring your own utensils. I mean, there's lots All of these alternatives. So none of this is going to harm anybody if if you get rid of plastic. Yeah. But if you keep using the plastic, these items, straws, stirrers, utensils, and so on, the containers, they're the most littered found items at beaches and parks because people bring their lunches. And they eat and, and they toss it out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if a dog knocks over the rubbish bin mm -hmm. or whatever, and then high tide comes along and it can wash these things out to sea. And albatrosses have been found having ingested a plastic fork. Yikes. Isn't that horrible yeah, to imagine that? So, you know, this, this will help clean up the environment. It will help clean up the ocean. It will save marine life. You know, and it's better for people's health as well because totally. all those different plastic containers that people eat out of, they all leach chemicals. So you've mm. got hot food and all kinds of different... No, there's an interesting thought. I just had something yesterday at the Queen Center in plastic. It was hot and yummy and delicious. It mm -hmm. was plastic. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it so, so it's good. not just the styrofoam that leaches no. chemicals. It's all plastic. You know who should be testifying tomorrow are some of these restaurant owners who are, who are making their commitment mm. as a business to stop the use and purchase of, of plastics. Yes, it would help greatly to if have anyone's out there listening who owners. runs a restaurant, because that will impact, I think, the council more than just even an individual. True, it, yes. More clout. That's true, yes. And I think um, I read the bill. It's a really great bill. It's in some ways based on Honolulu's Bill 40. I was really pleased to see that they didn't call it single-use plastic. And they actually used the definition that our organization got inserted into Bill 40 about disposable plastic uh -huh. means something designed to be discarded after a single or limited number of uses and not designed or manufactured for long-term multiple reuse. Uh -huh. That was the definition that our organization for four months tried to get inserted into Bill 40 because they had single-use plastic in there, uh -huh. and we kept telling them that's not going to work. It's not the answer. Well, because you can buy utensils that say dishwasher safe or mm -hmm. hand-washing recommended on the outside of the plastic utensils. Oh, and right. I kept bringing them in and telling them we've got to change these words from single-use to disposable, <laughs> and here's the definition. Uh -huh. they, sh they put that definition that I just read out out of the Maui bill 
They put it in the Honolulu bill the night before it passed. Mm. And when they did insert it, the industry wanted it changed back mm. to single use mm. because course. it was an enormous loophole. Yeah. So I was really, really pleased to you, read this you bill. You closed up the loophole, and Suzanne. And see that there. Yes. That's so great. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of closing loopholes. <laughs> a lot of loopholes. We had work. an enormous <laughs> lot of loopholes in the plastic bag bans uh, on yeah. Oahu. Um, you know, we weren't involved in the original Bill 10, but... It passed, and then there were thick bags, and there were so-called biodegradable ones, and um, bags for takeout food, and this and that. And so we've actually been able to close all those loopholes. Wow! By next year, there won't be any plastic bags on Oahu. Yeah. That is so great. And you know, we do need a law because people get lazy, and they're thinking, "Oh, I'll just get away with it." But if 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 um, they know that this really against the law, sometimes that's what it needs is negative motivation. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but the people will be more more conscious. Yeah. It's just, I, I just heard on the uh, radio the other day, just on NPR, that if you're on their cell phone on, in your car, mm-hmm. it's you know it's like two hundred sixty five dollars. Uh, it's against the law to be talking on a cell phone. Oh yeah. So that is motivating. Yes, so yes. knowing it's against the law to right. use plastic yeah. and to purchase plastic then I think you'll pay even more attention. Yeah. So anyone out there listening, if you feel strongly about this issue, I know I do after this almost an hour with the, with the two of you, um, get out in the morning and, and go get over to the, to the council building, to the eighth floor in Wailuku at the council chambers on High Street. Can I plug one more bill while we're at it? <laughs> of course. Um, we have a bill that's very important at the state capital right now. It's called SB 2781, and it's to ban the release of balloons. So it's not going to ban balloons, but it's going <clears> to <throat> ban the release of uh-huh. the balloons. I thought that already was banned. Not mm. in Hawaii. No? So this will be a statewide law, and mm. it's passed the Senate. It's moved over to the House, and we hope um, anybody listening out there that you will help us get this through the last couple of hearings. It's got to be heard by um, Environment Committee and the Judiciary Committees. Um, but Good. the reason balloons need to be banned from the release of the balloons, sorry, is because balloons are one of the most harmful items to marine life, mm. similar to plastic bags. Anything soft like a balloon in a bag, it just gets stuck and obstructs uh-huh. their gush and it can't be moved through the system mm-hmm. um, so they get blocked up and um, they starve to death or they suffocate wow. so um, you know it's so funny back in the 70s I used to run a balloon business I delivered oh. helium filled balloons with my kids to hospitals and homes and birthdays mm-hmm. and I did a lot of balloon releases for, for you know special events and companies and so but we didn't know we, we weren't nearly as conscious in those mm-hmm. days as we are now yeah, so yeah. I'm sorry, little mammals, that I hurt <laughs> with mm-hmm. my balloon release. Um, um, so we have yeah. to pay attention. That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, even little things like I gave this talk on Oahu, the one I'm giving tonight um, on Tuesday night. And at the end of the talk, someone was asking me, but isn't it better to just use pods than a big bottle of laundry detergent? And I, I said, because I'd already told them in the talk, don't use pods. And mm-hmm. I told them why. But then I had to repeat, you're putting plastic down the drain. That's what a pot is. It's oh, covered in plastic. That's true. Yeah. You don't even think of that. Right. When you get it. And it's not magic. It doesn't dissolve. Even though they say it does, it doesn't. It actually clogs up your washing machine and then it kills fish. Yikes. 
So, so what, what do we use for um, uh, garbage bags? Garbage bags. I mean, those are all plastic. <laughs> they are, but... And you kind of need a plastic bag you for do. all the drippy yeah. stuff, right? Because we tried biodegradable or compostable and they just made a mush on the floor. So I recommend a garbage bag, okay? Because I'm not going to go, oh, let's be plastic free because that's impossible. We, You know, the car, the computer, yeah. the cell phone, your glasses and so on. There's plastic everywhere, but you need to use it in a um, smart, smart way. Right. You know, because the reason I'm saying go ahead, use a garbage bag, but make sure you tie it up. Because mm-hmm. if you're using a garbage bag and you're just putting it loose in your rubbish bin, right. forget it. You might as well have just put the stuff loose in exactly. there. But well, the, you really want to contain trash. Mm-hmm. That will end up making less trash into the environment. Way better. But I thought this bill was to ban plastic so does that is the exception garbage bags or oh it these bills um that we've been talking about bill 40 and the one tomorrow at maui county they're about takeout food okay that's a different ball game yes yeah but that's equally important lots of people buy their food on the road yes So so but garbage bags have a very big use for containing trash and we find so many times Loose trash falling out of people's garbage bins when they're being emptied into the truck. Loose trash flying out of the garbage bins, flying Mm. out of pickup trucks. I mean, people um, sometimes aren't responsible enough with their trash. So don't feel guilty about using a device that's going to contain the trash. Yes, absolutely. But Do you want to add something? Uh, No, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, your partner is on fire, I have to say. Yeah. You, you, I'm so glad you're there to back her up and to support her in this because sometimes it's the women who take the lead. It is, I've, in my yeah. experience, mm-hmm. in all these decades I've been alive. Women the reason get... why Suzanne's really good at this is she's a trained educator. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's so, why. That's yeah. my background is I trained as a, a, an educator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I taught in schools um, for over 30 years. So. Oh, well, no wonder you are well prepared to be doing yeah. this, Dharma. I want to thank you on behalf of all of us here on Maui for doing what you're doing, Suzanne. You're Suzanne Fraser. Let, let Tell uh, our audience now how to find you and get more info. And come tonight. No, tomorrow. Yeah, tonight. Tonight. To the, yes. to the yes. Cameron Center. Tonight, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. It's free. That's right, free. And there's even um, refreshments from down to earth. So oh, come and enjoy some. Yeah. Vegetarian, vegan food. Good. Um, and it's more than just one little thing. I think they give quite a um, spread. So Oh, that'll get know. people there for sure. <laughs> definitely, <Yeah>. definitely. <laughs> so you can find us online. We're at um, www.b-e-a-c-h.org. We couldn't get beach for our website, so oh. we had to put beachwithdashes.org. Beach-dash. Um, B dash E dash a dash. Oh, I see. Between each of the words. Okay. Each of the letters. Each of the letters. Okay. Otherwise, the real website costs $40,000 or something. No, that's outrageous. (laughs) I know. Um, You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at beach underscore org, short for organization. We're on Facebook, um, Beach Saving Marine Life, I think is our thing. Um, cool. Yeah. And you'll be there tonight at the Cameron Center. I'll be there tonight yeah. to yeah. answer all your questions Yay. and yeah. to really 
It's it's shocking. This is how some students have described this talk. Shocking yet hopeful. Good. So make sure you come um, and, and get this information and then help us take action. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hope you have a full house, my dear. Thank you. And I want to thank Susan Fraser and uh, Dean Otsuki for coming to your co-founders of the beach. And I'm so happy to have met you both. Thank you for enlightening me about That's, this whole important issue. You're welcome. It's lovely to be on the show, and thanks for filling in. We yes, really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, thank you. I had a chance to, to meet these two lovely people, and I hope you're back soon, Bill. I'm sure he'll be back next week. And I'm Amora St. John. You've been listening to Off the Record, sponsored by Maui, Maui Taiota. And uh, just to say, next Tuesday, March 17th, on Pat St. Patrick's Day, there's going to be a whole new change in format. There's going to be Celtic music in honor of St. Pat's. And all day long on the Akaku TV will be uh, the beer show, all about beer. Everything you want to know about mm-hmm. beer, but we're afraid to ask. Okay, everyone. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.